0: It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter.
1: It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning, 56.8 degrees outside. Raining, raining, raining everywhere in Atlanta. Be careful. If you're driving, I would sort of not like to talk to you if you're in your car right now because it takes all your concentration just to stay safe and stay away from the other cars and away from the puddles that are in the highway right now. Ashley and I both had a sort of white-knuckle experience coming in this morning to the studio at 5.30 and 6 o'clock. So be careful when you're driving out there. Of course, we'll keep you updated on the traffic situation over on the east side of town at Glenwood Road. Did massive backup there, big wreck, uh, five ten cars cars all, all inside that. And uh, so stay tuned. We'll have all that information for you. But if you need something about your garden, that would be the best time to get it done right now. If you're home, 404 Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. 404 Comes, uh, let's see, Bain is out in Lawrenceville, and Bain joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bain, hey, good morning.
2: Hey, good morning. What's up? Hey, I've, got a, um, I've got a backyard, a fairly small backyard that uh, has Bermuda grass, but it's gone... Very bare, a lot of um, dirt and rocks have come up to it yeah. With some roots from the trees And I'm probably, I've heard that um, a zoysia works good There's also a lot of shade mm-hmm. um, from the trees But the zoysia works good or a fescue I'm just wondering which one you'd recommend And uh, the best time and way to go about How, getting, how, getting, how getting much it
1: shade, the whole question is going to revolve around How much sun and how much shade you have And whether a grass will even grow in that environment So how much sunshine do you get during the day?
2: Um, well, it's actually a pretty good bit. When I moved in five years ago, the grass was pretty thick. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what we've done to, um, it's just gone real thin, but it used to be thick. And it's, it's not that shady that, you know, it gets uh, several hours of sun during the day
1: all right i'm going to take your word for it bane i'm not at your house to tell how many you know <laughs> take my top stop watch and find out exactly how many minutes and hours of sunshine you have but that will be the limiting factor on what you plant back there is okay. how much sun do you get and okay. it is true zoysia some of the zoysia varieties do a pretty good job at at uh surviving in some shade but not in dense you know black shade that doesn't have let any light there fescue is probably the most shade tolerant grass that we have. But even fescue is not going to look great at five hours of sun during the day. Fescue is going to thin a little bit right up close to the tree trunks and it leaves Uh little holes in it during the year and weeds will come into those holes. And like I say, the sunshine is going to really determine whether the grass grows and then the grass will determine whether or not it's thick enough to keep the weeds from being in there. So you got some decisions to make, I If I were you, I would probably start with fescue. And you can do okay. that now. You can plant fescue seed right now, and it'll germinate. The leaves are falling off the trees, so it gets plenty of sunshine during the winter. And then, though, it's the sun, summertime, and the sun gets a little bit less each day because of the uh, shade, then the fescue might go into a swoon in the middle to the late summer, like a lot of people. Fescue does. It just simply doesn't get enough light on it. So right. fescue, fescue, I think, is the recommendation right now. Okay. And should I aerate right now as well? That's a uh, well, It's raining. Not right now, (laughs) but maybe once once it gets dry, I I would do it not the day after it rains because you still need to let the soil dry out just a little bit and not get hard again. If I think the the rain that I've had here in Atlanta and you probably have in Lawrenceville too is enough, that I would think the ground will still be pretty soft next weekend. And assuming that it's not raining next weekend, that's when you can rent the aerator, go out and go over the lawn three or four times, and Mm -hmm. uh, and then plant the the fescue seed. All right, I'll do it. I right. appreciate that. i got a got a full description of how to plant fescue lawns from seed on my website. If you want to go refer to that, you can. If I left anything out just now, then you can see what I left out. But uh, that's that's the place to get the full information based on my website. All right, I sure will. I'll go All check right. it out. Thanks a lot. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. You, you Rob's down in Grant Park and has a question about a plant. I, I will lay a bet that I know where Rob is seeing this plant. Rob, join us on the Lawn and Garden Show, man. How are you? Good morning, Walter. I
0: have a tree next to my house uh-huh. that grows what looks to be big green tennis balls. Okay. Um, it is smooth. Now we have some that are actually in the park that are quite wrinkled. Same uh, same size. There's, it's like a lime green. Yeah. Um, about the consistency of a pear. It's really really hard on the outside. Um, this tree's a hardwood, about thirty feet tall. I have no idea. I cannot
1: figure out what it is. Darn, I have lost my bet, Rob. I was thinking that you are going to talk about the tree with the little yellow balls on it that's in front of Rhea's Bluebird Cafe. Uh, oh, it's close, but no. Yeah, you're close to Rhea, I know, but uh, th- I have this particular plant that I'm thinking of in my landscape, and right now it has uh, greenish to yellow balls on it, but not the size of a tennis ball. They're more like uh, inch and a half maybe in diameter, and that's called a uh, trifoliate orange is the name of that. I know the Rhea had one planted up there in the little um, planter right by the sidewalk, and so she had right. a trifoliate orange, and I'm sure this is the time for it to have fruit on it. Yours, on the other hand, Rob, is a uh, Osage orange, or the, the common name called the Bodark tree. And yours, uh, does, does the fruit sort of look like monkey brains, if you were...
0: Well, the, actually, the, I, br- I just brought one in, now, this one might be a little bit old. It's actually quite black on the inside right now, so Ooh. this is very, very, very ripe, I'm guessing. I don't know. And it does have what looks to be a, a hard core or yeah. like like a, a pit or a seed or an, something on the
1: inside. Now, you know, I went down one road with the trifoliate orange. I was wrong there. I was trying to go down another uh, road with the uh, trifoliate orange, or excuse me, with the uh, Bodark tree, But you have given me a different tree that has green, has lime green cover on it, and that is black walnut. And I think that's exactly what you have. If it's black on the inside, real hard, black, black walnut. That's what you have.
0: Now, is that something that is actually harvestable and edible? It doesn't look like it right now. It's kind of gross. But <laughs> Take a hammer.
1: Uh, <laughs> hit it two or three times with a hammer. See if you can get that nut meat out of the black walnut. It is the most miserable job in the whole world trying to get nut meats out of black walnuts because they are so hard. And if you hit it wrong with a hammer, it'll mash your thumb and you'll say words that you should not say. <laughs> it is a it is a booger to get inside. But if you get a, a hammer, sort of lightly tap on it. And some people use a vice and they will you know crunch down onto the nut with a vice until it cracks and doesn't hurt the nut meat too badly, and then you get a little nail or a nut picker, and you go in there and get the get the stuff out. And it's certainly edible, no doubt about it being edible, but you're not going to get fat on black walnut uh, nut meat. Okay.
0: Now, let me ask you, though, with the orange tree that you were talking, or the one that has the orange yeah, name, orange, um, right? is that is the exterior of that kind of wrinkled looking more so than smooth? Because we have a few of those that are actually in the park.
1: No, no. The trifoliate orange is going to be a fuzzy um, lemon yellow color, but real fuzzy, but not wrinkled at all. Okay. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much. I don't know if you're like me, Rob, that you like to surprise your neighbors sometimes, and that trifoliate orange in my neighborhood gets the most comment of any plant that I have because it looks so weird. The thorns on this particular one are a variety called Flying Dragon, and the thorns on it are all crinkled and rolled and curved. It looks like the eagle's claw, sort of the way it curves around, and it's covered in these thorns. And then to come in late September and October to have these yellow fruits dropping off of it, Everybody wants to know what that is, right? So if you like doing that, then you got my friends up at uh, the Garden Hood up the street from you, and Pike Nursery up at uh, Lindbergh. And I don't know if they will have a um, trifoliate orange, but they will certainly can tell you about it more than I can right now.
0: Very good. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. Sir. You bet, Rob. Thanks so much. Thank you.
1: Bye bye. Weird plants. I remember when I. I think it's a matter of fact that I bought that particular um, flying dragon. Did I get it from Garden Hood or not? I think I did, because I think they called me a plant nerd when I bought it. I remember being called a plant nerd because I had one particular plant there. Let's go to the phones again. Gary is in Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gary, good morning. Good morning, sir. What can I do for you?
0: Uh, I've got, uh, starting to develop in my lawn, a uh, problem with mushrooms. Yeah. On, on one end of the lawn, is white mushrooms. And then on the other end, I've got
1: brown mushrooms. (laughs) All right, go ahead. So first off, how do I get rid of them? You can't get rid of them. Take that phrase, that whole uh, philosophy away from your brain, because you cannot get rid of mushrooms. Okay, so what do I do about them? Pick them, put them in a bag, throw them away. That gets rid of what's in your lawn right now. But a mushroom is the fruiting body, the flower, if you will, the fruiting body of a fungus that's living underground, decomposing Grass thatch or roots from trees that have died or any kind of organic matter under the soil This uh, fungus is is decomposing it and when it gets warm and wet it says I'm going to make a flower The flower is the mushroom that you're seeing but you can't eliminate the fungus underground And so come another you know warm rain maybe next spring even and up the mushrooms come again Because it wants to reproduce itself so basically picking them and throwing them away is all you have to do now And uh, then whenever you see them again
0: Oh, okay. Well, wow, because they are
1: ugly and they are all over. Yeah, you know, wear gloves. Wear something to keep the oozy stuff. Some mushrooms get sort of oozy and sticky and all that. So wear something on your hands. Put them in a plastic bag. Throw them away and just be be rid of them that way. Some people hit them with with golf clubs or sticks or kick them with their boots or something like that. But uh, if you want to pick them up and get them away, at least for the time being, then put them in that sack. All right. What
0: about the if you run over them with a lawnmower, does it spread them? Because
1: no. that's kind of what my kid's been doing. It, <laughs> it does spread the spores around a little bit, but that is not going to make any difference in the number, more, number less uh, in the lawn. So if you want to run over with a lawnmower, it would be sort of fun to see all this motion <laughs> blub, 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 out of the lawnmower. Well, I told him,
0: don't do that. You're spreading them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not guilty. He's not spread it any more than nature would do it normally. All right. Thank you very much, sir. You Gary. Thanks so much for calling. It's 718, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning
0: News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to
1: Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. And time for a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you're going to Athens today for the Bulldog game, man, oh man, spend extra time getting there. or Allow yourself extra time because the rain is coming down. They've closed some of the parking lots and it's going to be a real mess in Athens this afternoon. But hopefully you're going to the game and you'll cheer on the University of Georgia Bulldogs, which you'll we'll hear right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Beside the rain, highs in the... Mid to low 60s pretty much. Cloudy skies, rain throughout the day pretty much. And tonight in the upper 50s, temperatures will go down to that. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. We've got Mary in Alpharetta who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Mary, good morning. Good morning, and thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help I an
0: I have a northern red oak in my backyard that was uh-huh. planted about six or eight years ago, and it's doing very well, except <laughs> now it has spots on the leaves. Like, like it has a case of the measles. measles <laughs> spots. The spots are about eighth of an inch to a little bit bigger. Yeah. And there's lots of them on all the leaves. What's up?
1: The disease likely is, and here's a nice long word for you, it's called anthracnose. Anthracnose is characterized by little bitty spots, little bitty freckle-like spots all over the leaves. And anthracnose affects, gosh, hundreds of plants in the landscape, but your oak for whatever reason got some anthracnose on it so it's on the leaves and the good news though is Mary you don't have to worry about it the tree has probably absorbed as much chlorophyll as much sunshine as it's going to this season it's in the process of shutting itself down and shedding its leaves and all that and so if you do nothing you'll accomplish the same as if you sprayed it with fungicide and spent you know several hundred dollars for an arborist to come out and look at it it's not going to make any difference leave the tree alone make it healthy happy water during the summertime and the anthrax may not even come again during your lifetime.
0: Wonderful. Good yeah. news. I'm, I'm good at that, doing nothing. Thank you.
1: Hang up and do the happy dance. <laughs> Thank you, all. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for calling, Mary. 404-872-0750. Don't do the rain dance. Do the happy dance today. If you're inside and dry, that's what would make me really, really happy. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after the news. 736 56.8 degrees outside this is lawn and garden welcome my friends i'm glad you are here and I'm hopeful that you will remain safe this morning. Traffic outside is sort of really a mess this morning. We'll keep you updated about that. And, of course, we've got the weather forecast that is unrivaled amongst peers. We've got the best weather forecast with Kirk Mellish and everybody else who takes care of that. So you will be fully informed if you stay tuned, and you'll learn about gardening, too. Our number is 404 And Jake in Somerville, dial those numbers just a few minutes ago. Hey, Jake, good morning.
2: Hey, how you doing, Walter? I'm all
1: right. What's up?
2: Well, I've got about a 2-acre spot and uh I'm looking I've, from what what I've heard and what I've read right now is the time to be planting apple trees.
1: Yeah, falls a great time, sure.
2: And so about the, you know, I've got a current soil test and and everything and you know, pretty much just need nitrogen in the ground. Okay. But I'm, I'm trying to maximize because I'm I'm also looking at uh, planting uh, some uh, wine vines and stuff like that in the, the same area. Got it. About how far apart should I plant the apple trees? Because I'm looking at maybe four to six apple trees.
1: Yeah, are they full-size or dwarf?
2: Uh, I, w- I want to do full-size. Okay. Um
1: twenty to thirty would be fine, no closer than twenty I don't think, because they're gonna eventually be pretty big. They're gonna the limbs are gonna come out at least ten feet from the trunk in both directions. And yeah. so if you stay twenty feet or a little more than that maybe, then there should be no interference between the trees and little interference with you walking around between them and things like that. That's okay. if,
2: if, if they're spaced farther apart than that, it, I mean, does I mean does that affect uh, no, the pollination not at all, all no, of
1: the them? Bees, the bees can fly. <laughs> They'll get okay. from one tree to the next tree easily if you're further than okay. that.
2: Okay. Did, did you ever hear back, Walter, a uh, gal called in uh, probably maybe a year two years ago about planting uh, lilac bushes? She was from the Midwest.
1: I have you, talked you to you numerous people to about lilacs. I mean, I have a list of lilacs, and I have two or three growing in my yard right now that have done fine, done great.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if they grow down here or not.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not some of the, quote, northern-type lilacs, but there are two or three that are very well adapted to the winter and the summer in Atlanta. I have one called, let's see, there's Angel White and uh, Betsy Ross, and there's a purple Purple night or blue night? Purple night or blue night, I can't remember which, uh, that I have growing in my landscape, and they bloom every year, and they smell great, and don't do much for me the rest of the year, but there's one time of the year that I can go out in my yard and just be covered in fragrance, covered in that lilac smell.
2: Yeah, we we, we have the purple ones up in the Dakotas, yeah, and I just yeah. love them, and would like to get something like that going down
1: yeah. here. I'm not. I'll ask Mickey when Mickey Gasway calls in just a little bit. I'll ask her if uh, Pike sells lilacs. I don't know that I've ever seen them at Pike. I got mine online. Honestly, I got them from a company in Virginia, I believe, and they sold uh, little uh, two or three foot long wooden uh, tree whips. They call it sort of bare root in a in a tube. And I got those and planted them. And now let's see. At least Betsy White is probably. 10 feet tall pretty easily, 10 or 12. Maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, big, big plan. But lilacs, and choosing the right one, if you choose the right one, you can have lilacs in Atlanta without any problem.
2: Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Walter. You have a good rainy day.
1: Thank you, Jake. Thanks so much. Be careful and do plant those plants. It's lots and lots of fun to have the have the grapes and to have the apples and everything in your landscape. You can eat them and you just feel so proud of yourself when you're harvesting stuff that you have grown yourself. And the lilacs, you know, you you are smarter than the average bear to know that some can grow in Atlanta.
2: Yep. Well, I, I appreciate it, sir. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking, What it's it's probably, what, about five years before you really get good production out of an apple yeah,
1: tree? Yeah, uh, four to five. Yeah, you're about right. Yeah.
2: Okay, all right. Sounds good, Walter. I appreciate all the info.
1: Thanks, Jake. We'll see you soon. All right, see you, sir. We got Gene in Duluth patiently waiting this morning. Hey, Gene. Good morning. Morning, Walter. How you doing? I'm all right. What's going uh, on? Yeah, I just uh, got about three acres, and uh, fire ants keep popping up, like <laughs>
2: uh, uh, with that thing about the mole.
1: <laughs> they make they make mountains out of molehills. Yeah, hills. Yeah, yeah, all
2: yeah. over the place. Yeah. Uh, so to cover that much area, we've been pouring the stuff you put. On don't tell, got it. but is there something that you can spread
0: over the whole area?
1: I can already tell that you're not a Facebook friend or don't have a, a like. No, to, no, nothing like that. Uh, because I posted this on, guy. I posted on Wednesday, I think it was, before, uh, after I went to a to see my mom and I noticed in all the pastures and lawns that I passed yeah, going yeah. back and forth. There are fire ant mound, fire ant mound, fire ant mound over there. They're all pushing up real fast after the rain we had last week. And I posted on Facebook said, Man, if you want to put a hurting on the fire ants, today is the day. Because all those new mounds that have been pushed up are composed of ants that are probably pretty hungry. They haven't gotten out much in the last week or so. And I said, they're going to be foraging. And if they just happen to have a little fire ant bait around that mound, and they take that poison bait back into the mound, they'll kill everybody in the mound. Life is great. And that is what's going on right now. The fire ants are trying to get as much food as they can for the wintertime in their mounds. And if you have a little bait out there for them to get, hey, that's great.
0: Okay, good okay.
1: enough let me, let me give you more information though, Gene Because I've got more okay. better things that you can do Even than putting the bait out It's a two-step process Because when the big mounds that you see right now Are popping up That's just the dominant mound Amongst several, probably little small ones You'll never see around it Within <laughs> 25 to 50 feet There are other mounds that are little right, anything right. You don't see at all And so the first step is to put the bait, just broadcast the bait. Amdro is one brand name. There are others, I think. But you broadcast the bait around the yard. Wait 24 hours for the ants to come out, see the bait, take it back into the mounds, both the big mound and the small mound. And then, for the big mounds, do an individual mound treatment. You can get various kind of insecticides you pour down into the mound to to kill them that way, too. If you do that two-step of bait first, wait 24 hours, then do poisoning for the big mounds, It'll be at least 10 months, if not a year, before you'll see any kind of fire ant activity in your lawn or in your pasture. Just those two steps, one after the other, means you get great control, and fall is a terrific time to kill fire ants.
0: Okay. Good. Good. All right. Thanks. All right.
1: I know that you're tempted to go out there with your shoes and kick into them, but don't do that, Gene. I know you yeah, want to do no. that. <laughs> Everybody wants good. to do that. It's Just a little revenge, you know, but uh, kicking <laughs> them distre- distresses the mound and makes them carry the queen down deeper <clears throat> into the mound, and so kicking is not a good thing to do, even though it makes you feel really good when you do it. Uh-huh. All right, man. Thank All right, you. Gene. Thanks so much for See calling. alright uh, eight seven two zero seven fifty 404-872-0750 is the number. The other thing, the other not insect, this is an arachnid that I'm thinking about, but the other thing that I'm noticing is a lot of spiders, and I think in the same way, they're hungry right now because they're laying their eggs, putting the eggs in the sacks that uh, keep their little spider eggs safe during the wintertime. And you know that I'm generally speaking, an insect and spider lover, and I'm certainly the same about the arachnids, the spiders that I see around the garden. So the bunch of spiders that I see, if I can see them before I get tangled up in them, because that's one thing I don't like, is getting tangled up in the spider webs, but I'll try to move them, take a stick and sort of move them onto the shrubbery so I don't have a spider crawling all through my head and the webs all over my ears and things like that. But this is a time of year that spiders are very active too. And again, in my case, I just move the webs over to another place where they're not going to be across the the trail that I'm walking in the backyard. But the one spider that everybody recognizes, but may not know what it is, is a big black and yellow spider. Big one. It's easily two inches, maybe three inches from tip to tail. And uh, those are called R-G-O-P's, argiope. A-R-G-I-O-P-E, An argeope. It's also called a riding spider because it has that zigzag in the middle, and sometimes people call them zigzag spiders, too. And they are, even though they're big and sort of intimidating, they're completely not harmless, not poisonous, not anything that would be bad for you to run into the, uh, to the web and get one of those <laughs> on your head. It wouldn't be it be sort of creepy, but <laughs> otherwise it's all right. And they are fabulous uh, uh, control methods for mosquitoes and flies and beetles and things like that. And so if you see one of these big yellow and black argiope's in your landscape, don't worry too much about it. Just sort of take a stick, move it over to the shrubbery, and let them build a, a nest over there, or web, I should say, over there. But the other spiders, same deal. Most spiders are going to be your friends in the landscape. They're beneficial creatures, and if you can possibly... Take it into your heart. Just move the web a little way away from where it's bothering you as you walk, and that's a great thing to do. So let's see who we got here. Greg is in Jackson, Georgia, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Greg, good morning. Good morning, sir. How can I help? I have
2: an unwanted, I'm getting an unwanted aeration of my lawn. (laughs) Who's doing that? An (laughs) armadillo. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of camping out all night and trying to catch him, because he seems to come in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. Is there uh got
1: any ideas? Oh, I got all sorts of ideas. In fact, I diagnosed armadillo damage to uh, folks that I've met down in Peachtree City last week. Part of the um, carathon that WSB does to raise money for children's health care is if you donated a certain amount of money, you got a meet and greet from me. And so these folks had donated a certain amount of money to children's health care, and I went down to Peachtree City to uh, look at their landscape and give them some advice. And one of the things, they looked at me and they looked at the ground, and there were all these little holes in their flower beds, little pieces of Absolutely. So had I mean, dug it up right there, and I said, that's an armadillo. And they said, really? I said, yeah, I've seen five just driving down Peachtree Parkway. <laughs> I know there's armadillos around here. And so <laughs> yeah. they they had them there. And, you know, bottom line, Greg, it's not all that hard, but it takes a little bit of preparation to trap armadillos, trying to hunt them and kill them and, you know, stalk them right. in, the, in the woods. That's not going to work. You, you trap them as the usual way of doing things. I and understand
2: there is. They be carriers of uh, of leprosy. Yeah. I understand?
1: Uh, they they can be infected with leprosy, but they have to have a source of that leprosy of another colony of armadillos around. Okay. And so, okay. I don't think you're going to find a. I think a sick this is armadillo. a
2: single one. I've actually, I've actually saw him, but unfortunately, my dog saw him before I yeah. did. So.
1: What did the dog do to it? Did the dog flip oh, it over? Well,
2: big voracious pit bull female Ooh. and. Uh, As soon as she caught him, she didn't
1: know what to do with it. Most animals are not as hard and hard to chew as an armadillo is. Um, So go to the hardware store. Go somewhere you can find a good hardware store that has the big live traps, the big have-a-heart or the tomahawk live traps, big enough for an armadillo to fit inside. And I would think it would be around a 12-inch by 12-inch trap is about big enough for most of the creatures you are going to capture with it. And if you can figure where their den is, in the woods behind the house or somewhere off to the side that you think "Eh, that would be a good place for a den to be. You may not be able to find the den, but at least if you know what the path is, is they're coming from that den into your yard and your flowers. Then you set up a, a V-shaped drift fence, for lack of a better word. Drift fence. I right into the trap. Yeah, right, to gotcha. the trap. Trap in the middle. And if you go on my website, I can show you my friend Tommy's successful capture of an armadillo okay. that is in his uh, live trap there. So you can see at least a little bit more visually what a, what a drift fence looks like, which you seem to have already. And there's no bait needed for it. They don't seem to smell or do anything that makes them more likely to come into the trap. They're just, they get into the Mosey into it. Yeah, Yeah. they mosey into it. They bumble into it, and you capture them. And then, uh, strictly speaking, you should somehow think of how you're going to euthanize it. It's not legal to move it to another part of the uh, county because it could spread diseases. It could do all sorts of other bad things to that armadillo and the ones that, where you put it out so i'll leave it with that i'll let you figure out how to do the euthanasia for the good armadillo. enough sir huh? appreciate that all right good luck with it let us know what comes out greg let us know if you catch an armadillo
0: we'll do it man all right Please man move. see you
1: soon it's seven forty-eight, and you're listening to lawn and garden try to stay
0: dry during this georgia bulldogs football weekend on wsb and join us monday for atlanta's morning news from breaking news from the streets of atlanta and the next chance to rain in Kirk Mellish's five-day forecast when you wake up with News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. And a quick
1: weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a wet, soggy Bulldog Saturday. It's going to rain. As you know, Tim just said, it's going to be parking at a premium in Athens today. we we'll get you full weekend forecast in 10 minutes. For right now, we know it's going to rain. We know the temperatures in the low 60s all day long. Cloudy skies, of course, and upper 50s over the evening. Oh, my goodness. Let's do the weekend price, pack, Ashley. All right? All right. Ashley's thinking of a number between two and seven to determine who wins. Four passes to an advanced screening of Universal Pictures' new film, Steve Jobs, starring Michael Fassbender and Kate Winslet, on Monday, October 12th, at Regal Atlantic Station. And a $100 gift card to Marlowe's Tavern for the annual ribs and whiskey celebration on October 19th. Ooh, that would be nice to go to, Ash. All right, so what caller is going to win? Caller number six. Caller number six to our contest line, which is 8404 zero seven fifty four oh four seven four one zero seven fifty dial carefully six caller wins our friend Ashton Ritchie from the Scots company will be with us a little bit later this morning you can ask your lawn questions of him right now let's go to who to do, do to Anne in Greensboro and ask answer her questions this morning hey Anne, good morning good morning Walter how are you doing great how can I help good.
2: Um, so, I'm part of uh, Master Gardeners here in Greene County, and we have a youth gardening project. Okay. And kids are growing fall vegetables. But we have these ants that keep growing in the raised beds, and I'm not sure if we should put stuff on there to kill it. What
0: does that do to the vegetables?
1: There are insecticides that are labeled for use in vegetables, but if you're just oh. not careful, or if you're not comfortable maybe is the right word, if you're not comfortable using yeah. them, <clears throat> do you think these are fire ants, or do you think these are just normal little garden ants?
2: Oh, no, they're like big, look, I'm here mounds, fire ant mounds
1: like you see in your yard. Yeah, okay, so fire ants probably. Honestly, I would get uh, one of the baits and put the bait within 10 feet of the mound, and ants will come out of the vegetable garden and into the baited area and grab it and come Uh back in, and I think let them be the agent of their own demise is what you should do. That will work just fine. All right,
0: good. We just want to sure you know, because it was vegetables, what we could do so that sounds
1: good if somebody argues with you says we don't even want the Andro bait out here at all you can get reasonable control by flooding mounds or by um what else would be some nice and organic boiling water i don't know how you get boiling water out there to the mound but again yeah. oh, two gallons of boiling water poured into a mound will kill 80 percent and maybe the queen on a day like today when the queen's up high in the mound right. but the bait outside the vegetable garden probably does the best job of all Okay. All Thanks, right. Thanks for calling, Ann. Thanks for calling. Yeah. 404-872-0750 is the number for Lawn and Garden. It's 758. We'll be right back after news. not
0: you take me back to school? I mean-